0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at RiverValleyRanch.com. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, uh, friends and family of RVR. We are so glad that you have tuned in tonight. I'm excited. I'm sitting here at home ready to glean from this virtual parenting workshop. My wife is here with me. She has told me I will not be on camera tonight, but she's sitting right over here in the next couch. Hopefully, you and your uh, spouse are there tonight, or maybe you're doing this parenting thing solo, and that's okay, too. I applaud you and uh, and look forward to uh, tonight with you. You know, RVR is all about supporting families whether it's uh, us having your camper here on our property or your church here on our property or or it's hosting things like this virtual parenting workshop either way we are so happy when we get the opportunity to uh, to do this and uh, uh one more thing about that we can't have a lot of people on our property right now you know as you can imagine uh, COVID has thrown a loop into camping Our whole thing is bringing large groups of people together, and that is uh, not good for the environment that we're in right now. So we've had to get creative, and uh, we've not been able to do what we do best, and that's minister to people. So we've gotten creative to do things just like this Uh, Parenting Workshop. Tonight, the workshop is entitled Parenting in Challenging Times, and we are definitely in one of those times right now. And I I encourage you uh, that tonight, and I hope that tonight will be an encouragement to you as we navigate this thing uh, we call parenting. Some of you go to God's Word for perspective on parenting. Others of you might have Dr. Spock's book on the counter tonight. Uh, you've been uh, you've been looking at it this week, perhaps, and some of you are just hanging on for dear life. You know, whatever method of uh, of uh, you choose, one thing is true: that we need help to parent well, and this is what tonight is about supporting you in that endeavor. We want to do it well, and we want you to do it well also. You know, tonight is uh, is laid back it's informal. You may be sitting there in your PJs and that's cool. You won't be on screen tonight, but you will have an opportunity to interact with us and to chat with us. So I wanna make sure everyone that's watching tonight uh, is is able to do that. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, you won't be able to do that, but that's the cool thing about the interaction that's, that's taking place uh, tonight. We want you to feel comfortable chatting your questions uh, tonight. The way the format is gonna work is we're gonna have a, a timeless tips section and then in the middle we'll break and have a time for questions. And then we'll have some more teaching and then a segment at the end for questions as well. They can be about what our speaker is talking about or not. Whatever is on your heart, whatever's on your mind, we would encourage you to chat those to us. In the right hand side of your screen, there is a little um, conversation bubble. With a question mark in it, that is where you will be able to ask a question tonight, and it won't pop up for the world to see. Okay, this will our, only our, RV, our staff will see your question. We can choose to publish it, or if it's a private matter, we'll keep it private and and just maybe say your uh, anonymous question to our to our speaker, and that works too. But let's uh, let's see if those who are watching. I think we have ten families on right now, and more to come. Let's see if we can. Um, do this real quick so let me ask where is everyone watching from uh tonight like uh city not my my bedroom or anything like that but your your your, your city how about chatting the answer there in the question and answer segment and let's see if uh folks are uh, able to to make sense of that and have it working and if not, I, I apologize. It should be easy to find, fiddle, it around, fiddle, fiddle around with it a little bit, and you'll figure it out, no doubt. If you can't figure out, ask your teenager. They will figure it out for you. Am I right? Yes, I am. They'll, they'll figure out how you can chat those questions to us. I see um, one's coming in here. So good. Um, hey. <laughs> that's awesome we've got viewers from all over the country tonight right out of this out of this state as well so if we don't have any of those uh, if you have a question throughout the night again feel free to to chat that to us using that questions uh so we're ready to begin if uh if everyone has um figured out the the chat of the questions but i want to introduce our speaker and our teacher for tonight his name is michael harsh he is a family pastor at Lakewood Ranch Church near Sarasota, Florida, and he has been a speaker here at RVR multiple times for our winter camps and our summer camp as well. And he has uh, maybe been a speaker for one of your children as they've come to to camp here. He's a personal friend of mine and has uh, really influenced Me and my wife, our family, uh, greatly over the last 20-something years that I've known him. And I can think of no better person to to tackle this topic tonight of parenting during challenging times. So without any more wait, Michael Harsh, are you there? Take it away.
1: Dan, good evening from... Sunny, well, it's nighttime now, but sunny, beautiful Florida. So I'm coming at you from um, Sarasota, Florida, and today it was around 75 degrees, warm and cozy and a beautiful day. And so uh, I hope that uh, even if your day wasn't as warm as mine, that, uh, that your heart and your uh, thoughts are for the night. So glad to be with you all. Um, as Dan mentioned, he is a longtime personal friend and so is RVR. We absolutely love River Valley Ranch, my wife and I. In fact, let me introduce you to my best friend. This is my wife, Summer, and my best friend right here. She She's uh, just gonna come in and say hello. I promised her no responsibilities other than just look beautiful, and she's super good at that. So I'll just let her come in and say hello to you all. And uh, <clears throat> my wife, Summer and I, we have three kids. We have our oldest daughter, Autumn, who is in her second year of college. Our son, Noah, who is a senior in high school And then our youngest daughter, Peyton, is a 15-year-old. And so just like many of you families, we have been navigating the challenging times that are in front of us. And uh, it has not been an easy time, but it has been a valued time, we think, for our family. And uh, we believe that uh, that is why we want to talk to you about about parenting and parenting during this season of time, during these difficulties. And uh, share with you, hopefully, some valuable truths uh, from God's Word and just truths and, and advice that uh, we believe will be uh, of value to you as a family. So whether you're, whether you're parenting multiple kids, whether your kids are even out of the home, and, uh, or they might be little, maybe they're not even really aware of all the realities and challenges of the world around them right now, but whatever scope and uh, manner of, of life your children are in, this is a great time to think about some principles of parenting as you invest in their lives, whether young or old, um, whether, where they're at in their lives, it's a great time to do so. So I want to just uh I just want to invest some thoughts for you tonight and and sometimes as Dan mentioned we want to we want to invite you to ask some 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 feedback questions. Does not have to be related to exactly what we're talking about tonight. It can be something different but is but is interesting to you or important to you as well. And there might be a few times tonight that I'm even going to um, ask for your responses, maybe not question feedback but just responses. And so please feel free and uh, we would we would value your uh, your interaction and correspondence with our with our time tonight. So parenting and challenging times. First of all, I think, um, as you think about just parenting in general, whether it's an easy time, whether it's a challenging time, um, however you would describe the present for you in your parenting and training the hearts and lives of your kids, um, regardless of what season it is in, I believe it's important that you have s- an, something you're aiming at, a goal. Um, a pursuit in mind, something that you see as your plan. And so I have just for you tonight a uh, a summarized goal. I would call this a goal of parenting. Uh, parenting is more than this, but it is not less than this. So it is at least in summary, these things. And so here's here's some thoughts for you. And I think this might be up on your live screen as you observe. I believe this, that the goal of parenting is to shape the heart and mind of a child to hold Healthy beliefs and convictions about life decisions so they can live with wisdom and skill independently of you. Um, Shaping hearts and minds. So parenting is about here and here. It is not primarily and mostly about what's happening with their hands and with their feet, but primarily with what's happening with their heart and their mind. So that you can give them your investment is healthy beliefs and convictions about life around them so that they will now act and function with wisdom and skill. And when I say independently of you, I don't mean presently independently of you. I mean that you are preparing them for a season and a time of independence. That day is coming for every family. That day is coming for your children. Whether you think so or not, whether you want to believe it or not, you look at that little child, maybe in a crib tonight, or you look at that little child who hasn't even started kindergarten, and you're thinking, there's no way that my my kid, I mean, it's going to be so long, and it's unimaginable to me. Well, here's the thing. Every day, starting today, is a day of investments in the days when you will send them off into the vision and purpose of their lives to be independent of you, because one day... You and I, we're not going to be watching. We are not going to have a close-up view of our kids. And that, those are the days we want to prepare them for. So um, how do we how do we prepare our children? How do we gain this goal? How do we arrive at the, uh, the, the, uh, the accomplishment of this goal? I want to give you a number of things tonight, starting with two. We'll, we'll basically give you two major thoughts to kind of chew on. And then after these two, uh, we want to just give you some time to dialogue, ask us some questions, Maybe share some thoughts with us and uh, and then we'll come back and hit a couple of more and hopefully round out our evening with uh, some finalizing thoughts to to our uh, benefit and and uh, hopefully our our help. So here's the first thought for you tonight. Okay, a top priority of parenting is to prepare your children for challenging times. A top priority of parenting is to prepare your children for challenging times. You know, this this whole event tonight is called Parenting in Challenging Times. And so I want to submit right off, off the top, right from the beginning, that that is, that is a main effort and goal in parenting, to prepare your children for when times are challenging. I, I think, you know, we hear this old adage of, of parenting. Many times parents say this. They say, I want my kids to have it better than I did. I want my kids' life and experience to be better than I did, than I had it. So I just want to ask you, what, what is the it in that? When we say, I want my kids to have it better than I did, what are we even saying? Like, is that even a good statement? I want to challenge you right now. Okay, so if you would like to, and if you're interested or willing, would you put your would you share with us some feedback about this? Um, do you agree with this statement when parents say, "I want my kids to have it better than I than I did"? Do you agree with that statement? And maybe why or why not? Type some thoughts or feedback if you'd like to. We'd welcome some of your correspondence. So here's the thing: what is it when you say, "I want my kids to have it better than I do"? Well, what is it? Is it more money? I want them to have more ease, more opportunity. Are are we sure that these it things are the things that will genuinely like make their lives better? See, I'm convinced that the things my children most need is an understanding of God and his truth, which comes from his word, the Bible, so that they can navigate all the challenges life is going to bring to them. I believe that's what the biggest and best investment I can make into their lives. So here's a scripture that that really speaks to that point. It's from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 16, and here's what it says. It says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. This is Paul speaking to a young Um, uh, a young man that was like a prodigy to him, a young man that he discipled and mentored, Timothy. And he was saying to him, Timothy, I'm like a trusted spiritual father in your life. You know what I've taught you. You know what I've said to you. You can Believe it because you know the source from which it's coming from. And I think this translates to our parenting process as well. It goes on to say in verse 15, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. Because all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right? <clears throat> so, if we say uh, I want, I want my kids to have it better than I did, is that a good ultimate goal? And are we even aiming for something objective and clear when we say such a thing? Well, this is the goal of my parenting. What Scripture just said to us from 2 Timothy 3: This is the goal of, of my parenting to introduce my children to God and His Word, so that they can have a healthy view of God, of themselves. of the world around them the world as we know you could attest to this as i could the world is a far from perfect place there is a lot of challenges it's filled with dangers temptations and many lies and our aim in parenting is to equip our kids to see the world rightly so that they don't stumble so that they don't fall prey to these lies and to these false beliefs it was a number of years ago i told you that my son noah is 18 years old now And he's in his senior year of high school, and he's a really cool kid. He's one of my best friends, and I love spending time around him. And I've been doing that in a lot of ways for a lot of years. It was a number of years ago when he was a a younger boy, and we were in a car together. We were driving, and I could see just in front of me in the other lane, as we were sitting in traffic, a car that had a uh, bumper sticker. The bumper sticker said, life is short, get a divorce. Life is short, get a divorce. Now, listen, I I was— you're almost tempted to chuckle when you see a statement like that. But then there was a stunning thought in my mind is that my young son sitting next to me in the car is interpreting information like that, that he sees. And so I just engaged my son to say, Noah, what do you think about a statement like that? What do you think about someone who says, life is short, so don't don't commit yourself faithfully to a relationship and marriage. And instead, just as soon as you don't like it anymore, as soon as it doesn't work for you, go ahead and get a divorce. And, and his response was, well, God says that he doesn't like divorce, that divorce hurts. It hurts our relationship with him. It can be a hurt to our relationship with him, and it can hurt our relationship with others. And so God wants to protect us and care for us by encouraging us to strive towards maintaining the relationships that we have. And I, and I as I talked to my son and as we navigated this thought and this idea of this bumper sticker, I realized that the world is going to just constantly barrage my children, me and my children, with ideas and viewpoints that are so different than what I believe and think, than what the Word of God tells me. And I want my children to have a mature view of the world around them so that they can be protected from dangers that are always lurking. Maturity Maturity for our kids is growing in the capacity to understand what is true and accept personal responsibility. This is investing in their mind and their actions, how they live, what they think, how they live. This is what we want for them. We want them um, to grow in maturity. We prepare our children for for lots of things in lives but you know there's some things when it comes to their maturing that we simply do not have to prepare them for we don't have to prepare our kids to for when they're successful to enjoy it we don't have to prepare our kids or teach our kids to enjoy pleasure when it comes their way or enjoy ease if that is a a circumstance that that comes into their lives. those are things that we don't have to invest in or prepare them for at all here's what we have to prepare them for we want to prepare our children for how to deal with unfairness We want to prepare our children how to deal with disappointment. We want to prepare our children to work hard and to both internal and external uh, understand burdens and stresses that come into their lives. These are the things that our children need preparation for. We're aiming to prepare our kids for life challenges, for difficulty. As much as we'd like to, we can't indefinitely shield our kids from the dangers and burdens of the world around them. We want to prepare them to be bright lights to go and influence the world for the good of others and for the glory of God. And this won't be easy. So, the first thought that a top priority of parenting is to prepare your children for challenging times um, is actually, you know, when we look at the course of this last year and how difficult it's been, this is actually an encouragement to me because these are the very days that we're trying to prepare our children for. And so, Here's a second thought for you, okay? Here's here's a, a proposed second idea, and it really comes with a penetrating question for you and I. Here's number two for you. Every life difficulty is filled with opportunity. Every life difficulty is filled with opportunity. The things that have taken place this past year in our lives, in our culture, in our nation, in our world are in many ways unprecedented. And these things have provided you and I opportunities for the way that we parent and the way that we train our kids. A year like this past year does not ruin our children. It actually actually reveals how we're doing in our role to equip and prepare our children for life. I think that difficulty, difficulty is the application of pressure that reveals the strength of conviction and character that's in us. When we have difficult circumstances, when we have challenging circumstances like we have had this past year, this is a revelation of really who we are. This exposes who we are. If you uh, are like me and my my wife uh, wears a ring, she wears a a beautiful um, wedding ring that I shared with her as one of the most special gifts that I've ever given someone in my entire life. And it has a diamond right in the center of it, a beautiful diamond right in the center of it and a couple of diamonds along the side that were actually her grandmother's that the family gave to me and then I set along with this uh, with this beautiful band. Um diamonds are one of the most durable and strong natural resources on on earth and it's why we're so attracted and drawn to them because of their beauty and brilliance but their strength and durability. There was a Little website that I, I saw this brief little thought from. It's called diamonds.pro. And it was it's essentially just describing how did diamonds come about? Where did they come from? So here's, here's what it says it says, 100 miles deep in the earth, a layer separating our hospitable exterior from the molten core. This is known as the mantle. This is where diamonds were made. Down in this mantle, temperatures boiled above 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit and pressure on the materials in the mantle exceeded 725,000 pounds per square inch. Heat and pressure in the most intense form formed diamonds. The extreme heat and pressure combined to result in the formation of something very beautiful. I want to ask you, thinking about thinking about the comparison of the idea of the formation of diamonds, what opportunities did the pressures and burdens of this past year present you, and how has it formed something beautiful in the life of your family, maybe in you as a parent, or as a leader uh, over your children, or maybe in your kids yourself? So I want to break this down into th- two, two things. Before we take a break and maybe hit some questions or discussion from you, which we would invite you to share now. So go ahead and Uh, shoot out some questions if you'd like, send those our way and we'll try to respond to those in the middle of a break here. But um, before we do that, I I wanna think about the pressures of this past year and the opportunity this has provided for you and I as parents. So parents, here's some positive good things that have happened from the challenges and pressures of this past year. Here's one thought, you get an honest evaluation from the actions and reactions of your children of how you're doing. OK, your kids' responses to this past year is a great estimation of how you're doing as a parent. When things were challenging in their lives, how, how what did you see? How did you how, what kind of responses did you see from your children and what did it teach you about yourself and about your parenting? So um, just a thought, if you want to throw out some questions or discussion or, or feedback here. Here's an opportunity for feedback, not a question or anything like that, but would you be interested in responding on our, on our chat here about this? What is one area of parenting this past year um, sh- that showed you that you need to work on? What's an area of parenting from this past year that you see that you need to work on? So what did you see in your kids? What circumstances arose in this past year where you say, this is an area that I've get, I've got to get to work on? I believe that as the greatest source of stability that God has given your kids, that's you. The greatest source of stability that God has given your kids, um, that you, uh, how you handle additional burdens, this uh, speaks volumes of where you're at in your parenting. And this is a great opportunity. This is an insight for you and I that we might desperately need. So... What meaningful and intentional conversations did you invest in your kids over the past year to help you shape their view of life challenges that they were experiencing? And look, I mean, let's just be brutally honest for a second. Did you even talk to your kids at all? I mean, did you ever stop and pause and realize, I need to dig into my young daughter's heart and understand here. I need to sit down with my son and help him navigate some of the challenges that his world is experiencing. This past year, one of the one of the definite um, benefits or opportunities that this kind of year produces is it lets you have an honest assessment of where you're at as a parent. Okay, here's something for your kids. So for our kids, I think one of the ways that a, this past year has produced an opportunity is that we get such wonderful and clear insights into our kids. I believe this, for many kids, The biggest felt difference of this past year was their social alienation. Do you think that? Did you feel that and see that in your kids? Whatever else they may have liked or disliked, whatever um, virus circumstances or political outcomes, anything like that, probably for many of them at the core of their experience was the social alienation. This is such a great opportunity to investigate to, to where your children are at. Are they finding their identity and value in what other people say to and about them? And if this year subtracted a lot of that social interaction and caused them to feel alienated, and maybe they're, um, they're, uh, maybe they were dealing with discouragement or even depression or or anxiety or or maybe those types of things increased. Perhaps one of the means and opportunities of dialogue this creates for you as a parent is. Where are they looking for their identity, for their significance, for their definitions of who they are? Were they finding it from other peers only to realize that those other peers could not continually and residually provide what they really desire in their heart in long form? When your children were shut off, shut off from the um, their normal routines and patterns of life, where did they turn? Uh, Did this difficulty and challenging season, does it produce laziness in your kids? Are they wasting a lot of time? Now listen, all of our kids over the course of this past year have have found themselves wasting a lot of time and things, but is that all they're doing? Are they complaining of boredom? Are they obsessed with social media and online interaction? Or did they pursue meaningful hobbies like exercise and relationships? Um, Maybe within their family, within their siblings. What a crazy thought, right? Maybe one of your kids is closer to their brother or sister this past year because of the challenging season they've been in. Maybe they started reading or increased conversations, meaningful conversations in their life. What did this difficult past year reveal to you about yourself and your kids? Because these things really and truly, if you think about it, have provided a terrific opportunity for us. Well, that's the end of the second thought. So for now, why don't we give some pause, and maybe we'll interact with a little bit of discussion and questions. If you have some things that you're interested to talk about and ask, comments that you'd like to make, um, I know our team is going to be kind of um, sifting through those and then sharing some of those with us. And so we would invite you to do that now. Go ahead and uh, shoot us some thoughts, some ideas, things that you've got that you're interested in, and uh, we will give some responses to that. So let me turn it back over to my good friend Dan. Dan, I welcome you to – Rejoin our conversation and give us some thoughts here. Where are we at?
0: All right. Thank you, Michael, for the first half so far. So good. For for uh, sure, what challenging times! But yes, so many opportunities as parents, and uh, we have some you know comments that have come on, come in at, that uh, from parents who say continue to talk to our children that no matter uh, no matter what, God is in control and always knows best. Thank you so much for that comment. Uh, those of you who are uh, viewing, we also have uh, a few questions here as well, and then we'll get back into those three points before we close uh, the evening out, and. Um, uh, here's a here's a question for you, and then we'll go back to uh, to Michael's camera here. Um, someone writes this, and remember, if you have a question, chat it in. It doesn't have to be necessarily about challenging times or anything that Michael has said tonight even. It can be uh, about something that's just happened in your family or something personal to, to your situation. And that's the case for this first question, Michael, from uh, a listener here tonight. My teenage son has decided he no longer wants to attend church with us. So, evidently, a family that are churchgoers. Should we make him go? How do we handle this? Michael, what are your, your thoughts on that question?
1: So thanks for that, Dan, and thanks for whoever submitted that. Listen, that's uh, that's du- that's jumping straight into the deep end of the pool, okay? Because now we're talking about a season in a time of life where your your teenager, where your child has already developed some independent convictions, feelings, and thoughts and ideas about what they think and believe is best for them. So listen, I I just first of all want to pause and say I I. I empathize with you families and parents if you're experiencing something similar to that. If you have a desire um, to be in worship and to benefit from the joy of fellowship with God and with his people and to worship, and your children aren't so sure that they have a desire for that, that really is a uh that really is a challenge. And I just want to offer this. I want to give a subjective answer because I feel like each of you as parents, you need to discern what you believe is best in your life in this circumstance. So I want to offer you a circumstance from my vantage point, from my point of view. If I were looking at my children and they were under um, under college age, let's say under the age of 18, so they're teenagers and they are still learning and developing ideas about themselves, about the world around them, and certainly about God. Since they are in such a formative in such a strategic time in their life, I would want to say, you live with us. We are a family. And what we do and what we take part in as a family, some of those things are highly important to us and very special to us. And for me and my wife, worship would be among the top of the list. That would be among the highest priorities and greatest values. And so in that, we would want our children and we would have them coming to worship with uh, with us. Now, listen, I know a friend of mine, a dear brother who, who I worship with at my church, and he has got a son who is older than that, who is beyond college age, who still lives at home, and he does not want to come to worship. And he and I have prayed about this frequently. I've tried, sought to reach out to his son, even on an individual and personal relationship basis. And presently, he does not mandate for his son to have, to, in order to live at home, for him to have to come to worship and i respect that choice but i do know this that the most important thing you can do as a parent in that dynamic is to make sure that you are investing the joy and the satisfaction of a relationship with jesus christ that you have make sure that is overflowing into the conversation relationship and care and love that you give with your children in that context? What a good question to start with. Thank you for that, Dan. Any others?
0: Yes, we do have several more. I do want to say there was a comment. Um, when you were talking about opportunities during these challenging times, Michael, someone uh, wrote, we use the opportunity this past year to reinforce uh, to our kids not to believe what they see on social media. It's not a source of positive information. Hey, you know what? That's a... That's, uh, this this social media and, and, and tech thing, I, I, just because of that comment, um, I'll go ahead and let everybody know right now, and we'll talk about this at the end too, that in one month from now, we're gonna do a second installment of this RVR Legacy event. We're gonna do another virtual workshop like this uh, with Michael Harsh on technology, on uh, parenting in a device-driven world. So indeed, uh, our world is driven a lot by devices and social media, and it would behoove us, right? We would be wise to consider how this affects our family. So we'll be looking at that next month. But that's a great comment. I'm glad someone commented that, giving us the opportunity to talk about what's coming up. Here's another question from a viewer. Let's see here. We've got three of them. Um how can we spend more intentional time with our kids rather than just supervising slash working alongside them in the same space? Does that question make sense, Michael? I think it does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that sure does. And thank you for that, Dan. Thank you for for whoever... uh, submitted that question. I hope that I'm answering it accurately to the to the intention of your, your request. How can we spend more intentional time with our kids rather than just supervising and working alongside of them in the same space? You know, this was actually a lesson and uh, a, a parenting idea that my own mom uh, invested in me when I was a young parent. And she said that this was something that she sought to do um, when she was parenting us kids. I was the youngest of four. And one of the things she said is, I try to carve out no less than 15 quality minutes every day for each child. Now, listen, that's not an easy thing to navigate in our day and age, Um, but it's just a practical thought of, okay, if if you realize that you're just sometimes just existing in the same space, you know, you might sit down to eat a meal. You may not. They're over there on a on a tablet or device and you're trying to get some uh, late evening work done or you're packing lunches or whatever other business. Listen, life is full of busy responsibilities and that is no easy task. So I think part of it is this, is you have to ask yourself as a parent, what do I want most? Do I want most my kid uh, to have the cleanest uniform on the soccer team or the prettiest uh, carved out uh, sandwich lunch pieces or do I want to have meaningful interaction with their heart and with their mind? And so I think part of the response that I would give to that, and again, I hope it's, this is answering the nature of the question that you submitted, is how do I do that? The answer is you purpose that time. Don't wait for them to come to you. Don't wait for them to peel out some type of um opportunity within their schedule. You build that time, you plan that time. And then the best thing you can do to them is don't spring it on them in the moment. Don't say, hey, right now we're having our 15 minutes. I know you're in the middle of homework. I know you're watching your favorite show. I know you're on the phone with your friends or texting or whatever, but right now is our 15 minutes of special time together. Well, I wouldn't do that. I would encourage you to give them some advanced notice. First of all, what you're gonna show them is you're thinking about this. This is a value to you. You're interested in them. And so let them know, hey, when you get home from school tomorrow, I want to give you some time for, um, you know, for school or uh, for schoolwork. But tomorrow evening, let's say eight o'clock or 730. I just want to sit down. Let's spend 15 minutes. You can tell me anything that's on your mind. Maybe. from your standpoint, parent, maybe what you wanna do is maybe shoot a couple questions to them. Have a couple questions in mind that are not yes or no answers, but are just broad thoughts. Let them reveal their heart and their thoughts to you. So that would be maybe a couple of thoughts. You be intentional, prepare them for when that time is gonna come, and then come prepared for a meaningful time for that, let's say, 15 minutes. And maybe it's more than that. Hopefully it is. But if if it's not, at least it's that. And at least you can say, and every single day, we have some significant and dedicated time just to be special and have time with them.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Michael, we have a, a couple more questions here. Uh, and we are also you know, running out of time. So let's have one more question here. And then if we have time, we will pick up on the few questions that we missed this go-round and other questions that may come in toward the end. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> Uh, We're going to ask this one. Do you you have any practical tips on how to guide and disciple each of your children with consistency and fairness when their needs and personalities seem so different? I did publish this question since it's from an anonymous uh, uh, user, so anyone can see that question that we just asked up there from one of our our viewers. And, Michael, you can see that, too, if it was – heard everything I said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, boy, I sure did, Dan. And whoever is asking questions like this, uh, thank God for you, dear parent. This, this is, this is obvious that you are looking for um, the next level of what kind of investment you're going to be making in your children. And so, practical tips how to guide and disciple each of your children with consistency and fairness. Um, Consistency and fairness, this is my strong belief, is always going to be built on a constant resource. The word of God will help you build what you believe to be consistent and fair um, guidelines for what you expect of your children for your children and um, what you introduce and provide for your children. I think that the consistency and fairness, the foundation for that, I believe my wife and I see as the word of God. That's what helps us govern that. And I realize that that's a big answer because the Bible's a huge book, but begin a careful and meaningful investment of the word of God. It will help immensely for those areas of consistency and fairness. Uh, Speaking of the idea though, that you said parent, about different personalities because their personalities seem so different. Boy, what a, what a thoughtful statement. I have three children and I thought for sure that there'd be a girl version and a boy version of the kind of kid that I have. And now I got a third child who is another girl and all three of them are uniquely different. And so there are some governing principles there are some expectations that we hold consistent but the other thing is and and this that's actually a per- perfect question to lead us into the second half of the conversation for this evening because i believe that part of what you're doing is you are looking to identify and understand the heart and the affections of each of your ch- children so um that's not terribly practical. I. I I I admit that's not practical, but I believe the word of God is practical and it's true. So that's a starting point for consistency and fairness. But in regards to each and every child, um, I think a practical tip is that individual time of focus. And with that individual time of focus, go back. And if you have a, a spouse or someone else who is helping parent your your children with you? Or if you're a single parent, is there a grandparent or someone else that has a close, fairly close view of your children? Go and engage them. Talk to them about what you see. My wife and I spend so much time in our private time together talking about things we see and things we uh, understand in our children's hearts. We're constantly trying to identify and um, define their heart affections so that when we speak to them, we're not trying to deal with the external. We're not trying to deal with all of their actions first. We're trying to look at their heart. And I think that we'll kind of cover this in the second segment. So Dan, what's your thoughts? You can give me a thumbs up even. Shall I just kind of uh, follow into our our second half of uh, conversation here? Wonderful questions. And thank you for those things. And we may have a little bit of time at the end. I'll try to finish here in about the next 12 or 13 minutes so that we have a little bit of time at the end to maybe kind of double down on some further questions. Thanks for those thoughtful ideas. And so here's a couple more thoughts for you parents. As we're thinking about parenting in challenging times, we began the conversation um, with a goal of parenting and saying that a top priority of parenting is to prepare your children for challenging times. This is actually what parenting is about. And so we're right where we need to be in these challenging times. And that secondly, every life difficulty is filled with opportunity. Have you identified, have you seen some of these opportunities unfolding in your parenting over this past year? And so here you see them on the screen. They're just the first couple of thoughts. Um, And now we run to our third thought, and that is this. And this one fits perfectly. Listener, who, who... out of the thought about social media and such, this one fits perfectly with your your thought here. You should be the one to inform your child's worldview. You should be the one to be informing your child's worldview. Here's what I mean by this. Parents, we must initiate conversation about meaningful things. We don't, we don't react. When we hear our children already learning and already down the road on things that have been experienced or taught or ideas that they've been introduced to, it is best when the things that they're going to learn, they learn first from us to offer them a worldview and a lens whereby which to identify and understand those things. So when your children hear the news, listen to friends, opinions, or even hear teachers share other ideas, this becomes like a collage of information that they need help interpreting. A major piece of parenting is having the foresight to recognize what big worldview ideas your children need to understand and talking to them about it first. Don't wait for them to come to you with questions about vaccines or protest rallies or sexuality or racial equality. Don't wait for those conversations because they've heard about it from someone else. This means that others are already talking to them about these things and your insight is now somewhere down the list on this data that they have to interpret, that they have to filter, and that they have to comprehend. This was uh, also, again, a, a thought and illustration about my son, my son Noah. This is a number of years ago, he's 18 now, and he's uh, uh, he has clarity in these issues in his life. But when he was just a young man, we actually um, went and spent some time around some folks who were kind of friends of ours, not super close, but kind of friends. And while he was there, unbeknownst to us at the time, um, one of the kids made a a sex joke and they said it around all the kids. And my son was young enough to where he kind of got what they were saying, but he could not understand and interpret that data. And so he came back and actually shared with us the joke. And it kind of surprised and stunned my wife and I a little bit, but our, our immediate reaction was, okay, it's time. If this is information and data that's starting to come into his mind and into his life from outside resources it's time for us to be first and so i sat down with my son and we had a a significant conversation about his body about health about sexuality about god's amazing design and gift for him in a lifetime relationship of marriage and i gotta be honest with you now listen he wasn't quite as ready for it as as I was. <laughs> he was stunned and like he was actually sitting in a chair and starting in the conversation, he was sitting up nice and tall. And by the end of the conversation, he had slid down in the chair to where he was almost like on the floor because this information was kind of blowing his young little mind. But here's what was the most important thing. I got to inform him of what he should be thinking about and how he should view his own body and other people around him, namely young ladies, to have to see them with a heart and a mind of purity. One of the most, um, really one of the most important ways you parent in a difficult time is to take the initiative to help your children interpret the ideas and experiences that they are encountering. Here's a fourth thought for you, okay? So that's a, that's a third, here's a fourth thought. Um, and this one, man, this is a significant and important issue for my wife and I. We practice this as best as we can within our home. I want to encourage you in, in parenting and in challenging times to do this. Remind them, remind your children of what is still stable in their life. Remind them of what is still stable and secure in their lives because children view and understand all these things around them and start to feel like, man, everything around me is crumbling. My my world just feels unstable and uncertain. And they need a reminder from you to have the maturity and strength to say, there are still some things that we can stand on and still some things that we know. Just because the world around them seems chaotic, it doesn't mean that there's nowhere safe to turn. One of the most common things that we seek to articulate and express to our children, especially when we can see something difficult is going on in their heart, when we see that they're dealing with issues and we see that maybe there's some things they want to tell us or they need to tell us and they're afraid to do so, one of the most common things we'll try to do is we'll sit down with them and we will say to them something like this. We want you to know, son or daughter, we want you to know that this is a safe place your home is a safe place what you say to us to your mom and i we will protect you with that we won't expose that to others and make you vulnerable or embarrassed we won't embarrass you and we won't look down on you and whatever you say it will not in one littlest tiniest way diminish our love for you So when we sit down and we see that there's a heavy matter on our children's hearts, one of the most important things we seek to do is to try to assure them that in their home and with us, they are safe. And here's a second thought that is just as equally, really more important than that. When when, when we see that our children are going through challenging times, whether like this past year or other things in their lives, one of the most important things that we want to identify to them is that the Word of God teaches us that God is still there. God is still stable. God is still in control. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 115, verse 3, and it says, Our God is in the heavens, and he does all that he pleases. Nothing is stopping God from accomplishing exactly what he wants. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1 says this, that the king's heart is like a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. God turns it wherever he wills. So do you see, God is doing all that he pleases, and there's no man, no king, no president, no leader, no ruler, no neighbor, no bully at school, no no one who is beyond God's restraint and control. So when they're dealing with a difficulty, they can see that God has a hand in that. God is seeking to teach them something. God is seeking to grow them, maybe to grow them to love someone who is not very lovable in their life or experience. And I see this, that God's ultimate plan for us is a loving and good one god has shown that in the craziness and chaos of a world that we live in that is filled with sin meaning um rejection and disobedience to god's commands doing what god says not to do rejecting god in a world full of sin like the very one we live in that right there friends is the very reason that god gave us his excellent and worthy and beautiful son jesus christ who is god's son and who is equal with God. And Jesus lived a life perfect for us. Everything that God expected of you and I, that we fell short in, Jesus accomplished. He lived a life perfect for us. And then he died on the cross, scripture teaches us, in our place as a substitute for us. And then three days later, we as Christians celebrate that Jesus Christ Bodily and by his own power rose from the grave, rose from the dead. And in so doing, he secured for us hope that sin doesn't give the final um, word of death for us. Sin doesn't finally kill us, but his life and his death and his resurrection provides for us a means of life. And for anyone who would look to him with faith and hope, and repent of their sins and turn from them and say, I want Jesus to be my Lord and I wanna submit my heart to him, they would have the security and strength and hope that they need to, to deal with a difficult world. And dear friend, there's nothing that is more stable and certain than that in a time where things are difficult and challenging for your children, remind them of what is stable and secure. Here's one last thought, okay? And this one I'll I'll spend the least time on, maybe just something to really just kind of churn your thoughts on, okay? I wanna encourage you when you're parenting your children at any time, let alone challenging times, aim at their heart, not their hands. Aim at their heart, not their hands. Now, what do I mean by this? don't primarily ask yourself, what are my children doing? Ask yourself, why are my children doing the things that they're doing? Not just what, not just how do I stop them or control them and make them do the things that I want, but more so, why are they doing the things that they're doing? Meaning, you're looking for their affections you're looking for their motives not just their actions I think many parents um, parent like they've got a fire extinguisher and that's the greatest resource of parenting that they have what do I mean by that so they watch their children go around in their life and their experiences and their children uh, keep Starting little fires of making choices or bad choices or doing things that they're not pleased with, and so parents feel like the best way that they can parent is to follow their children after starting those little fires, take the extinguisher and and uh, put out that fire, only to realize that their children now are ten steps ahead of them, starting the next fire, and I think too many parents are thinking about okay. How can, I, how can I put out the fires that my kids are starting? But instead, maybe they should be asking themselves, how do I teach my children to, to use matches? <laughs> how do I teach them the value of what matches are for? Let's not just try and put out the fires. Let's teach them how to use the matches. Faithful parenting is a constant investment into the desires and affections of our kids. Um, when, we, uh, when we start parenting our children. We have very little control over them. We have a minimum amount, uh, excuse me, very little influence over them. We can't tell them to go take out the trash. We can't tell them to don't stop using their phone. We can't tell them to go to school. We can't tell them to do their homework. They don't understand any of those things. But we start out with maximum control over their lives. Minimum influence, maximum control. And here is the essential aim at parenting. It's to reverse those two. It's to gain influence by what you teach them by speaking to their heart, their affections, and their motives, by identifying what causes them to do what they do and helping them navigate that through um, building a worldview that's going to keep them safe and healthy so that one day they can be independent of you. Um, We don't want to continue to control them for the rest of their lives because, listen, parent, there will come a day when you're not going to be there you won't be present and around your children and when that day comes what is going to guide them it's not going to be your fire extinguisher to fix all their problems it's not going to be your control to make them do exactly what you want to do them to do externally what's going to be the difference maker is have you built into them uh, affections motives and desires that help guide them for all the rest of their lives. If you could focus on controlling their actions, there will come a time when you have no more control because they're not with you. And parents, if that's what you're focused on, it may may very well be building a resentment and frustration in your children and they're thinking in their minds, I can't wait to get away from my parents. But if you show them the joy and the benefit of following Jesus Christ and giving Him their lives. If you show them that the satisfaction that comes with thinking rightly about the world around them and about themselves and about who God is, and then they have that in their own heart, that are, they, those are the tools that will take that they will take with them for the rest of their lives. Listen, I know we only have a couple more minutes, and maybe we'll submit one or two more questions before we finish up our hour here. But Dan, let me invite you back in. Anything you want to? Uh, to have us uh, share or think about before we wrap up our time.
0: Thank, thank you very much, uh, Michael. What a what a uh, a great investment in our parenting. You know, an hour of our time to glean these these things, and I want to thank you. Uh, but I do do have a couple more questions. We're not going to get to all of them. I'll go ahead and apologize now um, that we're not going to get to all these. But hey, we're going to do another. One of these events coming up. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. Let's go with one more question, though, Michael. Uh, when life goes back to normal, well, hey, there, there's there's uh, that question started out uh, with that 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 presumption. Hopefully, maybe it will. Uh, all the activities resume. How do you help your kids to not? Get over involved in activities that don't lead toward the goal of them knowing Christ more, like whatever it is sports, clubs, etc. We find ourselves getting involved in a lot of those things, but our kids enjoy that. How do we find that balance?
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, thanks. Parent, listen, whoever asked that, you are asking the right question. And thankfully, you're asking the right question because I would imagine that likely you're on a journey to discover what that balance is. So here's the thing. My children don't, from birth and naturally, know and understand what's best for them. They don't know how much of an investment to make in certain things and how much to set aside other things in their lives. I see so many parents who are caught up in such a cycle of busyness and investment in so many things because they feel like, and, and I think it's genuine love for their children that motivates this. They feel like this is going to be what makes my children happy, healthy, and and strong. <clears throat> and here's the thing. There's a lot of things that you can invest in but you have to strike that balance. So my son is a senior in high school. He actually, he loves baseball. He's played since he was very young. And he, uh, he actually now has an opportunity to continue on and play college baseball um, for the next chapter of his life. <clears throat> for us though, baseball was a part of our life, but we determined it cannot rule our lives. So for instance, for us, Um, worship was a high priority. And yet in competitive and travel sports like baseball and other sports, I'm sure you parents have experienced, these things are calling you all the time. There's never a time when there's not enough practice or enough games or enough tournaments or enough travel. These These opportunities are all over and not just sports, but a lot of different things like this. And we determined when our son was young That he could enjoy baseball, but there were priorities that were greater to us. For instance, worship. And we had two other daughters, and we wanted to prioritize interaction in their lives and our kids being together. And so one of the things is, I I would say to you, parent, is you set those parameters. And it is okay for you to say we are overcommitted and we're going to back off. Listen. Listen. I am really convinced that many parents who put so much energy and effort and time and resources and money into things that they believe that are going to pay off later on for some type of scholarship or something like that are going to suffer severe disappointment from the outcome. Maybe those kids will get scholarships, but the outcome may be a distant, if even um, a disinterested relationship that their children have with them as a parent or more significantly with their God. So I would say you set the parameters and don't be afraid to say it's too much and we're backing off. One more tournament is not going to make your child the best soccer player. One more tournament is not going to get your daughter that tennis scholarship. One more tournament opportunity is not going to mean that uh, their life will be meaningful and valuable and full. You have to determine if it's too much. And I think that you have, God will give you the wisdom to navigate that. What a big question. I hope that's somewhat of an answer to consider tonight.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. And real quick, uh, give us your your, uh, favorite parenting book or resource. You got two. Uh, You got 10 seconds. What are your top
1: two? Perfect, Dan. So since it's just 10 seconds, I'm going with one. Okay, I would highly recommend this book to you. This is Paul David Tripp. Excellent author. A lot of his work is good. But this book is called Parenting 14 Gospel Principles that Can Radically Change Your Family. Every parent, every parent should have one of these books as they navigate with their kids. Strongly recommend this. It would be a great value to you.
0: Thanks, Dan. Great answer to Dave and Katie's question. Well, folks, we want to thank you so much for spending the last hour with us. We hope that you have uh, grown and that Michael has given you things to think about. child's heart and mind priorities as we parent and the five points that he gave tonight thank you so much to michael harsh and his family for uh volunteering an hour and then the practice times we had before this and preparing all this it was um, of course multiple hours so we want to thank him so much for, uh, for giving us his time and, and uh, his wisdom tonight. Thank you, Michael. I do want to remind you that camp is filling up here at River Valley Ranch. We're 70% full for summer 2021. So if you're going to register for camp or you know someone who would benefit from coming to RVR, we have... Um, we have come up with ways to make this summer safe and campers can be distanced. And I mean, we have gone to great lengths and above and beyond to make sure this summer is a safe summer. So we'd love to have you there. If you have a teenager, they can come to camp as well, right? Our Frontier Town Camps, or they can also work in our TNT program. And those applications are online. They, uh, they are welcome to fill out an application to become part of uh, part of that TNT program. Again, whew, so, so good tonight. And uh, we want to have another one of these. So at the end of February, we'll be having another uh, RVR Legacy event uh, featuring a a virtual parenting workshop just like this. It is entitled Parenting in a Device-Driven World. So watch your emails, watch our social media. How ironic, right? Watch our uh, device-driven social media, and we'll be letting you know about when that is coming up. Uh, something you do not want to miss. If you've enjoyed tonight, please tell a friend and uh, and you'll be able to share the link with them to this uh, workshop coming up at the end of February. Again, thank you to Michael Harsh and his family, all of you watching tonight and even watching after this event uh, when it's not live. Uh, we thank you for watching. Again, may God bless you and your parenting and your family. You are loved tonight by RVR and most importantly, by your creator. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR
1: and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.